another live broadcast from Chew Fire Studios. <laughs> I am really especially stoked about today. We've got Greg Martin in the house, and I don't know about you, but I've been a Kentucky Headhunters fan for many, many more years than I care to even admit to. And uh, I love, I love this guy, Greg. Um, he and I, uh, you know. We're brothers from another mother, okay? Um, Love is playing. Um, their band was originally called Itchy Brother. They formed in 68, renamed in 85. Their very first album in 89, Pickin' on Nashville, charted four singles on the top 40 country charts. They won a Grammy for Best Country Performance. Uh, Entertainment Weekly uh, says they redefine country music and arguably the most consistent and durable Southern rock outfit on the planet. Greg, who's playing I love, I know I'm repeating myself. Um, he's played with Jimmy Hall, Jeff Beck, Phil Kagey, Warren Haynes, Daryl Mansfield, and all our other brothers in Nashville and all around the world. Um, he's also got a ton of guitars. He digs guitars and we've got a trivia question on one of those guitars, which we'll get to in just a moment. Let's finish this chorus and talk with Greg a little bit. Hey, we finally got you down here, huh? Hey, I'm here. You know, sometimes it takes a long time to mesh up the schedules and stuff like that. But, man, you've been on the radar screen here for a very, very long time. I've been Thank a big you. fan of Thank you, you know, personally as a player, but also the band. I mean, they're like... A, Thanks. Uh, they, they did redefine an entire genre, if you ask me, you know? And you've got this thing, kind of a blues, rock, country, mm -hmm. funk thing happening. Yeah. So welcome to True Fire. It is an honor being here, Brad. Uh, I've had a blast the last two days. And um, it's been a great experience, you know, because uh, you have to think, you know, we, we do this thing in Kentucky. You know, we're, we've got a lot of, of course, it's rock, yeah, blues. A little country, you know, and a little funk, a little gospel, a little yeah, bit of everything. It just filters through. And we don't think about what we do. You know, South Central Kentucky, Midcalf County, Barron County, that area right there, we've got our own little style. You get over in Eastern Kentucky, it's a whole different thing. It's more yeah. fiddles and dulcimers and yeah. things like that. Yeah. Get over to Western Kentucky, then you get into uh, the Merle Travis country. Uh -huh. You know, they, let me see if I can. Yep. <laughs> but Kentucky's got it all, man. Oh, then you yeah. got then you got some of the guys doing the psychedelic country now. You yeah. know, it's just all beautiful. I know. You know what? Um, you and I, um, well, mm -hmm. we're old enough to go back to some mm -hmm. of the early days of rock and roll and what have yes, you. Sir. And you know, we've talked about how you know it used to be very like there's blues, there's the classic classic rock thing, psychedelic rock. But all those styles are kind of coming together now in, mm -hmm. in a very big way. Sure. And the truth of the matter is, 
is uh, you and the band, you know, you were really one of the first groups to start melding all these different Thank flavors you. of country and rock and blues and, you know, um, and look where we are today, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's hard to now pigeonhole anybody's sound by a particular genre, you know? Right. It's a, how do you call it a, wait, I wrote that down because I love the term, a, a brew, what is oh, that? Oh, a sonic burgoo. Uh, is that, sonic that burgoo, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when the headhunters came out, they called us everything. Some some things I can't really mention here, so, <laughs> you know. But uh, but the the cool thing is, three of us, Richard, Fred, myself, yeah. we've we've been we played together since 1968. Yeah. And we came up listening to a lot of uh, Cream, Jimi Hendrix, mm -hmm. the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, NRBQ, uh, a lot of things that. At that time, there was underground radio, as you know, yeah, oh yeah. and they weren't, you know, they started infiltrating AM radio a little bit. We, I mean, mm -hmm. wasn't it cool when Cream was on, uh, Crossroads was on, or yeah. White Room yeah. and Sunshine of Your Love was oh, on yeah. regular AM radio. Yeah. And, it, and that was a steady diet of that. And uh, the other Phelps boy, Mr. Doug Phelps, uh -huh. he grew up over in the uh, Delta region, kind of, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, so he had a lot of country and some blues. And we just, when we got together, it just melded this thing. Mm -hmm. It wasn't really contrived. Mm -hmm. And when we went to Nashville, I w we, we had worked in Nashville doing various roles. Mm -hmm. I had an artist gig. Fred had an artist gig. Doug had an artist gig. Richard Young was writing. Mm -hmm. And um, with an artist gig, as we, we, we talked earlier, it's a great way to make a living. Mm -hmm. But you weren't really allowed to make find your own voice, right. your own unique voice. Exactly. And when we put the headhunters together, we just threw caution to the wind, brought everybody's influences, and uh, it just worked. Yeah, and you had the freedom to do so, which you don't have if you're working on somebody else's gig. You got to no, do their thing. No. So what no. a great segue. So let's tell everyone about the course. Um, yeah. You're calling it Kentucky Backcountry Blues. Yeah, Backcountry right? Blues. And while there's a lot of blues in there, and certainly everything is rooted to blues, yeah. there's some country, there's some funk, there's yeah. some rock. Yeah. And um, I, I think this is a really interesting topic for folks tuned in here, which is, you know, you played with the band for over 30 years, right? Yeah, the Headhunters were actually formed, as we know it today, in 1986. Mm -hmm. Of course... The roots of uh, of the band, Richard Fred and I, go back to 1968, which is 51 right. years. Right. But yeah, yeah, we've been together a long time. And so the ability, the luxury, actually, I mean, how many bands have even been together that long? But the ability yeah. to work together with the same guys, like you say, to develop your own voice... Yes gives you, you know, it's why you have the unique voice on the instrument that you do. And so this course, Kentucky Backcountry right. Blues, right. Um, you know, we asked Greg, look, for this master class, mm -hmm. just come in and show us your stuff, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So what we've done is, uh, it's, Tommy, how many performances, how much content is on this course? 
We've got about 15 performances mm -hmm. and tracks, mm -hmm. over four hours, I would say, of stuff. This is a big course, man. Oh, wow. And it is chock full of stuff. Yeah, we've, we've done a lot of work. You've it's, it's done been, a lot of work. It's been great, man. You did a, a great job been prepping. Great. Thank you. Let's give folks a little taste, okay? Yeah, okay. And, um, well, and by the way, on Market Street Groove while ago, I forgot about the stop. It, a little... So I gave, I threw in a nice little note. If you, if somebody can send it back to me and tell me what it was, you win a burger. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> Sorry about that. The, oh God, you don't have to. You know, there are no mistakes. That's right, do, man. man. I ain't worried. It's all good. Okay, all good. so let's do this. So the way the course is set up is um, Greg shares some insight, a technique, mm -hmm. an approach, mm -hmm. um, and then puts that into play over backing track. So let's do. You know what. Just really briefly, because you and I can go off in these long. Yeah, I know. Really briefly, what makes a great solo? And then let's let's do that Bozep thing, okay? What makes a great solo? Um, it has to be something to take the melody, the idea that the songwriter, that the performer is conveying, and take it somewhere, but not take it too far off, unless we're going to get into an Allman Brothers or Miles Davis mm -hmm. or a John Coltrane type thing, you know. But earlier today, we we're talking about great solos, and one of the greatest solos ever, in my opinion, was Henry McCullough's solo on My Love by Paul McCartney and Wings. Mm. It was perfect. What would that song be without that solo? Oh, yeah. It, it just conveyed the perfect melody to go with what Paul did. Mm -hmm. And then you got folks like um, Zal with a loving spoonful. How about uh, Do You Believe in Magic? Is that a perfect solo? Mm -hmm. uh, George Harrison's solo on Nowhere Man. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Strat right into yeah. a board. Uh, what about straight. Larry's solo on Kid Charlotte? And I was going to, I brought what, that up what early. What about uh, Reeling in the Years? That yeah, solo. yeah. Uh, great, uh, not uh, great. Uh, Rusk, uh, Randall. Elliot Randall. <laughs> Elliot Randall. Elliot Randall. New York Come boy. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah. Jay Graydon, Peg. Yeah. 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 yeah Larry's solo, we, we, we cited that earlier. Uh, Kid Charlemagne, that's a beautiful solo. Uh, Jay Graydon on uh, Peg, yeah. Elliot Randall on Reeling in the Years. Yeah. Man, we could go on it defines, and on. It d defines a song many yes. times. And, and the thing is, what you want to do, <laughs> me and my cousin, Larry Sullivan, we were laughing one day, and he said, you know, the singer tells this great story, then the guitar player comes along and just changes the whole thing yeah. and takes it somewhere else. Yeah. I guess that's the rabbit hole we're talking yeah. about. But man, it's just, it's just complimenting the song. Now, if you want to get into the Allman Brothers jam band thing, yeah. that's a whole different trip because that's a sonic adventure every night. It you know, is. Yeah. it really is. Uh, and I think they were drawing kind of from Miles Davis and the, the Coltrane sure. things. And that's a whole different. So let's do this. Let's roll. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. What's the first track we want to roll? Well, a Bo Zepp. Yeah, we call this Bo Zeppelin. It's just a. These are some grooves I put down at home. And it's just got a Bo Diddley beat with a little uh, Jimmy Page uh, rhythm guitar. It's in the key of E. Let's do it. And if I mess it up, oh, well. There can't. are no it's mistakes. no mistakes. <laughs> All right.
course, is one fun ride, too. There's so many uh, different flavors, and, mm -hmm. you know, it's the kind of course where you can learn the whole solo if you want to. You can jam over mm -hmm. the great tracks if you want to. Yep. Um, but there's an incredible vocabulary. You know, we all love to steal licks and stuff like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. That's how we all learn. You know, mm -hmm. um, a little bit of housekeeping. Um, first off, let us know where you chimed in from, and we will shout out to you. We mm -hmm. love to hear where everybody's from. Yeah. And if you're in a weird place, in a weird time zone, and it's the middle of the night, we love to hear that, too. Um, and, by the way, Gene Carmen is watching from Kentucky, just up the Hello, road from Gene. Greg, where the headhunters got going in Munsfordville, Kentucky. I know, Gene. Okay. He's, uh, he's got a guitar, a very yeah. fine old Gibson guitar that i got to go take a look at here one of these days. Yeah, soon. well, you have, uh, you're have you famous for uh, having a very, very large collection. And the trivia question today, we're going to give away a $100 gift card. Hmm. Um uh, if you can answer this question correctly, you post it. There's a link here. Go, don't post it in the chat thread because then you're going to lower your chances <laughs> of winning because right. you're going to give everyone the answer. Um, but one of Greg's guitars, mm -hmm. okay, we're all going to get, we're all going to get very envious now, is a 1958 yeah. Les Paul. Standard. Standard. Given to Greg by a very, very famous uh country artist mm -hmm. okay if you can name that artist and post it click the link post it you know on that page um you're qualified for the drawing so name the very famous country artist that mm -hmm. gave greg a 1958 mm -hmm. les paul and we'll tell you all about the guitar he's playing mm -hmm. here and some mm -hmm. of his other guitars oh, later yeah. we got lots all, to talk about also um there is a promo code as usual for greg live um, if you play blues, country, if you dig the headhunters, if you're funky, if uh, what, whatever your bag is, uh, you can save 25% if you use that Greg Live code. And you can pre-order the course you just completed. We mm -hmm. haven't. Mm -hmm. like, Tommy, did we wrap the course? Is it actually done? Wrapped up. Ready it's to go. wrapped up. It'll be done. packaged up for folks on... You know, our mobile apps, desktop apps, download it, stream it, whatever, probably within 60 days. We're going to try to get this out before the end of the year so that people can oh, use really? their oh, Christmas cool. and oh, holiday good. gifts um, to work with your course, you know? It's great. great. Um, so use that. And while you're over in that section of the website, right underneath the video, there's the thumbs up. You can show your love. You can help us spread the love. Uh, for Greg and the awesome stuff that he does just by clicking that thing. And if you get it high enough, I'm going to force Greg to play a bonus tune at the end of this bonus solo. Cool? Sure, man. Let's play. Um, let's let's show him something else from the course. Um, yeah. You're a great rhythm player. Okay. Well, thank you. Um, thank talk you. a little bit about what makes a great rhythm player a great rhythm player. Certainly in the context of, you know, a lot of our guys are playing in bands. They get up on the jam bandstand. What makes a good rhythm player a great rhythm player? Well, it's uh, obviously the, what makes the band is rhythm, guitar, bass, and drums. Without that foundation, you don't have anything. And it's uh, the rhythm guitar playing with the drummer, you know. In my band, the Headhunters, I happen to play with a really good rhythm player, Richard. And 
what we do, we play off of each other. I'll find, you know, he'll find a, a good groove and try to find a, something to accent what he's doing. I mean, a while ago we played a little Jimmy Reed. You know, yeah. if you're doing something like... Both of you don't want to be doing that. You right. know, you, you want to be doing something um, like a... Just something that will actually uh, bring the, the pocket a little better, up, more up front, you know. Yeah. Accent each other. Yeah, and that happens a lot, and especially at, at the jam. You know, you get up there, there's usually another guitar player. Yes, there. yes, yes. And I've done guitar shows before in Texas, and <laughs> you could have 10 guitar players, 12 guitar players. Some, in that case, sometimes it's best just to turn it down and just uh -huh. step back and let everybody else shine and, uh -huh. and if you can play rhythm it's more fun anyway yeah. rhythm guitar is a is a wonderful thing we grew up uh luckily we grew up with the rolling stones and the beatles and they had great rhythm players oh, man. you know i mean you know harrison harrison was a great player uh, as long as john lennon and keith and brian Brian Jones. I yeah. mean, so many good. Uh, we could talk about Keith Richards forever, man. Oh, His, yeah. You know, I, I was listening to uh, Let It Bleed over the weekend. Mm -hmm. Gosh, man, the rhythm guitar on some of that stuff. That that period right there. I mean, that, it makes their sound. It makes a lot right. of bands sound as that rhythm guitar oh, part, man, doesn't it? Mick Taylor and him. I love yeah. Woody. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Yeah. But Mick Taylor and Keith had this beautiful chemistry. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, they both had great rhythm parts. They did. Yeah. So do us a favor. Let's run. Uh, what track you want to run, Tommy? Humbucker face. Humbucker face. Yeah, this is this is kind of uh, inspired by the early Jeff Beck group, I guess. And um, I believe this one right here, I will be accenting the other rhythm guitar. Is that correct, Tommy? Is that what That's I'm doing? Right. So. You know, and I don't exactly remember what I did earlier, but, but I will find this. This is where you're on the bandstand. OK, folks, you're That's on the bandstand and somebody kicks off humbucker face. You're going, OK, what are we going to do here? Mm -hmm. So let's see what happens. OK, cool. And if I throw the guitar up in the air, you know, <laughs> something. don't throw that one up in the air. All right, yeah. let's see what happens. All right.
you just saw and heard why I've been such a big fan of Greg for so long. I mean, tasty, <laughs> definitely. But, you know, he it's just the perfect dose. <laughs> He's, he just adds the perfect component to the mix. And that's that foots to what we're talking about. I mean, yeah. you play with those guys for so long. Oh, yeah. And you, you find your voice. And, um, Absolutely. you know, what... Uh, Tommy and I and the boys in the control room we're talking about is what's really unique about this course is mm -hmm. um, you get up on a jam bandstand and you play yeah. that part you're going to stay up on that bandstand. They're not going to flip you out, you know? No, if you They're, play the right thing and that, stay out of people's way. That, that's right. Yeah, that's right. what a soloist or a vocalist right. wants to hear behind Man, them. Man, okay? let the singer shine and that's then right. you can play your little uh, lines between and find little hooks and things right. and but the rhythm you know and too. that's what uh, you've packed into this course man i mean well, there's so many tasty little things thanks. you can spend five minutes with this course take it to the jam bandstand on friday or saturday and you got something kind of new and cool to do you know hey uh, um, that's, that's let's roll uh, tommy do we have a lead over that track as well yeah we'll just roll the same track and and have greg play lead yeah you ready? Yeah, let's you're, see what happens. You're on, man. <laughs> I mean, th hey, this is spontaneity at its best, <laughs> okay? Right. Let's see what happens. Okay. <laughs>
go. Sweet, man. Thank um, you. We have in the chat thread, uh, Jeff Miller made a really good observation, which he says, you know, notice the spaces where he's not playing. That's the mo you know, that's, that is very important. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> very, very important. Uh, when I go back and listen to some of my favorite guitars, like Peter Green, Mick Taylor, Clapton with mm -hmm. Mayo, it's, it's the spaces, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, there's obviously if you're playing bluegrass music and flat picking or mm -hmm. playing jazz, you know, it's endless. And I, I, that's not what I do. I mm -hmm. wished I could, mm -hmm. wished I could do that, but we're all created to do different things. And I just like to, to, to make a statement back up and it gives the listener to digest it. And then you just come back with another run, mm -hmm. uh, a little idea. Mm -hmm. But space is very important. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because uh, Larry Carlton, who's our hero, we both Absolutely. love Larry love Carlton. Larry. That is exactly his, uh, you know, he's got some major chops, obviously. You Absolutely. know, the kid, Charlene, obviously. He, he could go either way. He, yeah, could, he, could. he could, but his whole thing is when he starts a solo, he likes to build on a motif start very simply, exactly engage right. the listener, mm -hmm. and bring them along for the ride, as mm -hmm. opposed to just coming out and going nuts, you know? No, you're, you're Which exactly. he's capable of doing, of course, you know? Oh, no, he can, he can just play endless, endless uh, solos, improvise. <laughs> he can do it. He can do he it. He can do it all. But, but I think as, as I've listened to Larry as he gets older, you know, and his playing is just so beautiful. His tone is beautiful. His improv, you know, the way he just mm -hmm. lays it in there. Uh, yeah. Did you hear the album he did? Uh, with the, he did the Philadelphia songs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just great. I mean, he has yeah. really, I, I think, you know, really matured as an artist. Yes, he you has. Know? Um, okay. I'm yes, gonna, sir. I'm going to, uh, sorry? No, no, I said yes, sir. No, I was, I'm going to trip you out because when we, uh, picked up the guitar, this type of thing was impossible, you know, live broadcasting and stuff. So I'm going to tell you where your f your fans are chimed, tuned in right now from okay, sure. Michigan, Utah, Pennsylvania, oh, wow. Petaluma, hey. Scotland, Kentucky, Scotland. Delft, Netherlands, New York, Austin, Italy, Bern, Switzerland, Detroit, Calgary, Nottingham, UK, Warsaw, Poland, Oldsmar, Florida, Istanbul, Turkey, North Carolina, Graham, Texas, Kalamazoo, Yorkshire, Glasgow, Kentucky. Glasgow, Kentucky. All right. Sla and Hello. Slovenia and Dubuque, Iowa. So, man, this was impossible when we were coming up, right? No, not at all. I mean, not there's such a beautiful community of guitar players, yes, music is. enthusiasts that crosses borders, time zones, race, color, creed, religion, language, you know. Incredible, right? It's amazing. It's amazing what technology has done. I mean, I didn't get my first computer till '97, I guess. Is that, I'm not, you know, mm -hmm. and just to see where it's come and where is it going to go. But yeah, we can all communicate with people. You know, this is just amazing what we're doing here yeah. right now. And uh, well, music is communication. It is right. You know, it really is. And uh, so glad that these folks are listening in. I really, really appreciate you spending some time with us today. And uh, 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 based on the chat, it uh, looks like they're digging what they're seeing and so. hearing as I well, hope man. So. Ah, Bavaria and uh, Indiana just chimed in as we're Hello, talking. Hello, Andy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, let's play some more, man. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering how we're about going. you want to do some slide? Talk a little bit about. Is how, it slide time yet? Is uh, it slide time, Tommy? 
Not yet. We had a, another rhythm thing on the funky. Oh, donuts. oh, funky donut. Let's do it, that. Yeah, it's funkin' donuts. Funkin' donuts. Yeah, yeah. You can, you know where yeah, these titles. But just it's funky, right? It's very funky. All right, that's you know. funkin' donuts. Yeah, funky in a hillbilly kind of way. You Deal. Know? So, let it roll and see what we're gonna do here, man. Throw a little lick in there. You know. Sweet. Well, guess what? <laughs> He's going to roll the track again. You're going to get to solo over there. All right. Man. We're working you hard, okay? <sighs> this is so hard, man. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, though. Roll it, Tommy. Man. 
Uh, so, India just chimed in as Hello. well. As well as Indiana, okay? So India to Indiana. We, how about that? Well, that's you beautiful. Um, also, I love this. Ultra Nationalist is the username. Mm -hmm. He says hello from his mom's basement. Heidi. <laughs> I've spent a lot of time in my mom's basement uh, back in the day. Learn how to play day. guitar in the that's basement. Right, a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, a little more housekeeping. Um, so the trivia question, again, I'll ask it one more time, and then we'll do the drawing towards mm -hmm. the end. Um, who gave Greg... A 1958 Les Paul. He was a very famous country artist, and he gave this guitar to Greg. Name that country artist. You're entered in the drawing. Also, um, Ali is gathering all of your questions, and we're going to start to ask them in a few minutes. So post them. We'll do the you know we'll do the the gear mm -hmm. and rig rundown. You know, usually towards the end. Yeah, sure. And um, we got a lot of folks watching. I want to see some more thumbs ups because I'm going to ask Craig uh, to play over one of you know my favorite tracks in this course. But I can only do so if you help us with those thumbs That's up. Right. Get us up there. Make it. That's you know. right. If, if you give us your thumbs up, I might give you a thumb version of Stairway to the Outhouse. Oh, boy. Uh, I mean, come on now, folks. This Let's get those, keep those. Cool. Uh, how they used to say, keep those cards and letters That's coming. Right. We need your thumbs coming. <laughs> come on now, man. That's it. And also, it looks like Allie's earning a tip of $2. If she asks uh, a question that someone wants her to ask, so we will get to that sure. because Allie could use two bucks, you know. <laughs> um, okay, can we do some slide? Yeah, now? I we show sure can. Let me. Plane. I'm gonna change guitars, folks, and excuse the little no, noise here. No problem. We'll make it happen. So you do your thing, and I'll change. Absolutely. So again, the trivia question: Who gave? Man, can you imagine somebody giving anybody a 1958 Les Paul? Um, and in this case, it was a very, very well-known country artist. There's a link. Um, answer that in the link. If it's correct, we'll have a drawing. I believe we're Give you a hundred dollar gift a, card. Yeah. Uh, Greg Live. Yeah, that'd work. Is the promo code to save twenty five percent. Basically, you could you could spend it on anything, but I would strongly, obviously, and gratuitously advertise here. Because I'm allowed to do that. Yes, um, you can. Pick up, pick up this course. Just get it on pre-order. That way you'll have it. We're going to try to get it out before the end of the year. And this is, you know, if you do a lot of jamming, um, if you play with your buds, you go out to the local jams, here's where you're going to get the next couple years worth of cool stuff you can mm -hmm. bring to mm -hmm. the stage with you. Um, looks like we have our slide. Little bottleneck thing got my slot here what do they they uh, what what do they call that the um what's the name of that kind of slide oh well they, it's it, a pill bottle yeah, uh, yes corseden corseden this is from uh rocky mountain slide company right here okay, uh, cool. that's that, it's a little signature slide they do for nice. me nice it's a copy of the old corseden but it works just as well right it, it works just fine this i mean is it's my favorite slide and yeah and it's the right. same size and shape you know yeah yeah. Okay, so um, you were talking in the course about kind of your approach to slide and why you dig slide so much. Give us a little rap about that, would you? Well, um, slide is, I didn't start slide until probably, seriously, into slide to about 1986, 87. 
and I used to to mess with tuning open E and mm -hmm. and bashing a bit, but I didn't really. It, I was always using a metal slide with a pick, and t that's great. You know, I think Jeff Beck. Well, no, Jeff Beck don't use a pick, but use a metal slide sometimes. When I just got the the glass slide and just laid the pick down, mm -hmm. slide made more sense to me. Mm -hmm. uh, one night the headhunters were jamming at a radio station. We did a a radio show called the Chitlin Show mm -hmm. in Mumfordville, Kentucky. Uh -huh. Gene, there you go. And um, and one night I just picked up the slide and started playing in standard key, which uh, that's something we cover in the course as well. We won't really talk about it here, but uh, uh, I think I think the trick for me is just using the hands in glass slide. Mm -hmm. And uh, and do you play mostly now slide in standard tuning, or do you ever? I do. I do. I do both. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of times with the headhunters, I'll use standard tuning. But uh, we also do a, a song in open D, mm -hmm. and we've done stuff in open G. Open G and open A are really the same thing, just mm -hmm. tuned up and down, you know, yeah. a little bit. And open D and E are the same thing. So um, I like open A for the country blues type thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know. Uh, are, are you in open A right now? It's open A, yeah. yeah. That type of thing. It's more country. It's mm -hmm. more. It's not as dark to me yeah. as open D and E. Yeah. Open D and open A are just real fierce. Mm -hmm. You know. So. Cool. Let's roll yeah. this track and hear yeah. a little slide. And we'll see what happens, folks. This is spontaneity. <laughs> okay. Ready. <laughs>
that's beautiful, man. I, I love thank you. love your slide work. Well, and, thank you. You know, you can, you know, it's not just what you're doing with the right hand without the pick, what makes it sound, you know, really vocal like. But you have such a great kind of left hand movement oh, as well that really thanks. just. It's beautiful. Still learning, yeah. man. Still trying to find uh, aren't, it. Are we all? <laughs> yep. yep, yep <laughs> yeah. Hey, man. Always listen to other players. And far as slide goes, check out harmonica players. Uh, check out vocalists for lines. But uh, listen to Little Walter. Mm -hmm. Listen to Sonny Boy Williamson, one mm -hmm. and two. Yeah. Listen to James Cotton. Listen to players like that, man. You, you know, I've, I never actually. Mm -hmm heard that relationship between slide playing and harmonica oh man check it out God, it's actually Dwayne Allman got, yeah know? Dwayne Allman got a lot of his licks from little Walter Jacobs wow yeah sure did and I think we're going to open D next is that correct yeah, Tommy we want you to be, before Maybe? you get rid of that and oh, yeah. open a play a little rhythm show them rhythm in, oh the rhythm yeah oh, sure over that same track okay let me just do a little rhythm along with that yeah just okay. to give them a taste for okay I'll keep the slide on too yeah. and I'll I'll just do a few little jabs with it. That's You'll see. Just a couple choruses. This always messes with the singer, so have fun <laughs> with it. Okay, right? That's because they're jealous. <laughs> Wanted to keep going, right? So we'll keep playing, man. <laughs> um, do you know a Ken Martin by any chance? Yeah, hey, Ken. Uh, he Ken's, says, um, hey, brother, Ken here, rolling towards California, listening well, to the Ken's show. Ken's going to California? Digging it, man. He's, he's not going. He's rolling towards he, California. He's California dreaming. He, there you go, man. On a November day. Yeah. Um, all right. You ready to do some questions? Oh, yeah. Okay. And, and let me, I'm, I am going to change guitars. open D now. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just so, grab his guitar. Uh, Ali pulled together some questions we Thank can you. ask. Thank you. Um, uh, can you multitask while we're doing this? Can I multitask? Yeah. Like talk while you're getting rigged sure. up there. Absolutely. So, um, Mike Mack. Go ahead. I'm this sorry. Can, this is a really open-ended kind of question, mm -hmm. so you got to answer this really briefly. Okay. Because we could go on forever <laughs> on this one. Sure. Um, wants to know the most important thing in learning how to play guitar. What's the most important? Just one thing. Love it. That's the most important thing. Brilliant answer. I mean, seriously, if you don't love it, brilliant. You got to love it. You got. You got to want to do it. <laughs> You know, some people have aspirations to, to make a living with it, and that's yeah. good. That's honorable. 
But if you love it, you're going to play guitar whether you make a $100 a night, $1,000 a night, or you're just going to enjoy it and love it, just playing it by yourself. Be happy playing it by yourself. I just, I just absolutely just love the guitar for it's what it is. It's obvious, man. Yeah, yeah, you know. And, and infectious, too, you know. You make us all want to get up there and well, play right along with you. It's you know? it's a fun thing, man, and and uh, uh, just, just love it and... Uh, and the thing in this course that we tried to stress is uh, we all learn. We had our favorite players as we grew up. I came up through the era of the Beatles and the Stones and the Cream and Jimi Hendrix and all that. And you want it to, to be like those guys. But as you get older, you know, the main thing is you find your own voice. Mm -hmm. Let it come out. It's, it's man, it's the relation ship between here and here mm -hmm. is what you want to bring out so love is a big part of that well said man uh silver pair silver pair of ducks hi um wants to ask you and we've all had these you know i'm lost in the changes moments you're up on the stage or you're you're gigging out and you're just lost in the changes uh, what's the best way to resolve that problem well you saw that happen earlier in the set here mm -hmm. when i just i forgot that the little stop was going to happen mm -hmm. you just flow with it flow with the changes yeah. and as you said earlier there's no mistakes but uh when things get i assume he's saying when things kind of get shaky a little bit on maybe stage, he's playing a blues and he's just lost Maybe he's not sure where he's at in the blues changes. Well, the beautiful or, thing about blues, or a man. Or song's arrangement, you know. Right, right. Um, Three-chord blues, the, the beautiful thing is, is you can just... I always say that playing a guitar solo is a lot like going fishing. You throw your line in. You wiggle it around a little bit. Same thing with the fingers. You just never know what you're going to catch on any certain day, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but yeah, man, answer. man, just play. Have fun. Have fun. Um, what about, uh, let's see, uh, Edward Johns asks, Greg's no, playing is really laid back, and yet he yeah. is totally in the pocket with the rhythm and drum breaks. Does he consciously hit the notes with a pattern in those drum breaks? Uh Live, yes, yes and no. Uh, live with Fred, with the Headhunters, uh, sometimes we'll hit things and I'll go, man, how'd that happen? Mm -hmm. it, he'll do a roll and I'll do something right with him. And those mm -hmm. things are, are magic. Mm -hmm. uh, we, do, we do that every now and then out there. Uh, the main In thing other words, I, it's happening without you even yeah, being deliberate about it. Yeah, right? I, the one thing I do really try to lock in with is the snare drum, mm -hmm. you know. I mean, when... When you watch my hand, when I'm going down, it's 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 usually with the snare beat. Mm. That's the whole deal. It's got it's just got to have an accent on the, the two and four for me, you know. But a groove and rhythm is a beautiful thing. Um, let's see, first type of guitar you ever owned? Um, Acoustic or electric? Well, it was an electric. Yeah, it's pretty cool. About. Um, 51 years ago, my brother decided, he's no longer with us, he decided he'd had enough rock and roll, and he uh, went into bluegrass, and he gave me a mid-50s Gretsch Silverjet, but he hated that guitar's color, and he painted it black, uh -huh. 
So I spent uh, a weekend on my Aunt Bertha's porch in Edmonton, Kentucky, and got the paint off of it. Uh And there's this beautiful silver sparkle Gretsch guitar. Uh Uh, Joe Perry has one, and Uh you'll see them time to time. That was my first really good guitar. But what I really wanted, just because of reading interviews with different people, like uh, I wanted a Les Paul. Mm. And so... Like right from the start? Yeah, right yeah. I saw start. John Sebastian with a spoonful in 66, yeah. and I saw him playing this little Gibson guitar. And I thought, what is that? That's the coolest little guitar. And I found out a little later on it was a Les Paul. And then I saw Michael Bloomfield on the cover of Super Session playing one, and I'm going, oh, they sound like that. Mm-hmm. Well, and so uh, the first really good guitar was the Silver Jet. It was like a 55 with a Bigsby, and I played that uh, for a couple of years or a year or so. And then my dad and my brother found a 1958 Les Paul special, TV special. A guy a guy came to a pawn shop in Louisville my brother worked at, and he said he was going to pawn it in. My brother did a no-no and said, where do you live at? <laughs> and we bought it. Really? Yeah, I got in the pawn shop. Wouldn't have been too happy about that, oh, but I had that guitar. Man. So I had two really, I mean, honestly, I... That was the guitars I learned on, a Silver Jet and a Les Paul. And I think there might have been a Baldwin Grand Bison That's in there somewhere. That's not a bad start I right was very there. Lo- I was know? blessed. I was blessed. Um, let's see. Another question. How did you learn vibrato? Oh, man. That was very important. The first guy that I ever saw play a, a really cool vibrato was a guitarist in Louisville. Played in a group called Elysian Field by the name of Frank Bugby. And he had a great vibrato. And I went, oh, that's neat. And then I heard Cream, Sunshine of Your Love. Yeah. And I'm going, man, the guitar is singing. It was a combination of the tone and Eric Clapton's vibrato. Um, man, it was uh, Eric Clapton's vibrato, Michael Bloomfield, people like Leslie West, mm-hmm. Jimi Hendrix, uh, listening to B.B. King. Uh, when my brother went into Bluegrass, he gave me a box of records and mm-hmm. one of the records in the box was Nightlife and Tired of Waiting mm-hmm. on You by B.B. King. And B.B. Mm-hmm. King has a Talk about vibrato. vibrato. So right? you just kind of can't really do it here, but, yeah. but you just work on it. And yeah. I think it's very important to get that down. Cool. Um, how about, the, so you've, you are, you're in Open D now? Open D. Yes, I hope so. I think so. Open D. Yeah. Open D on the SG, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you did a great lesson. Um, Thank you. And uh, what was the track? Tommy, what's the track we're going to use for this? Uh, Walking D Shuffle. Walking D Shuffle is just an Elmore James inspired groove. I mean, every, everybody uh, that's into blues have probably played this, and it's just yeah. a lot of fun, man. You Do know? your thing. Okay. Yeah. Ready to roll.
man. We're going to have to talk <laughs> That's all to right. him. That's all know? right. Um, man, we're running a little bit over, but it's very Uh-oh. cool. Very cool. That's cool. Um, let's talk about, well, why don't you tell everybody, um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, we're going to announce the winner. We do have a winner. Tell everyone who gave you that 1958 Les Paul and the story behind that. Hank Williams Jr. So. <laughs> I know. And, and uh, to add on to that, Hank Williams Jr. had the guitar, but it belonged to Ed King before that with Leonard Skinner. So the the lineage is quite quite cool, <laughs> you know. And uh, I've got a picture of the guitar in a case at George Gruen's, which mm. had to be like back in the 80s. And it's in the case. A guy took a picture of it. And then, and then the same case is a uh, Paul McCartney's guitar that he bought. Oh, so it's kind of kind of neat, you know. But uh, yeah, Hank, I don't know. As a kid, after I saw John Sebastian and heard Michael Bloomfield and I heard players like Jimmy Page and Billy Gibbons, I went, man, a 58 Les Paul is what I want. Of course, a lot of people want the 59 because of the flame and all yeah. that. Uh, and they all sound great, you yeah. know. And... Uh, Hank just took a really liking to the Kentucky Headhunters. We toured with him for um, two and a half years, something like that. One night after his birthday party, we were playing uh, at Starwood, Nashville, and I was he had loaned me the guitar for a video shoot, and I'd kept it for a couple of months, and uh-huh. I took it back on the bus uh-huh. to give to him. And uh, he said, well, surely you can afford one of those now. And I'm like, not really. He just said, keep it. Jeez. Uh, and, and I'm like, I was just pretty much stunned. And I walked off the bus, and I walked back on and said, did you just tell me to keep it? And he just laughed, and I, I, he gave it to me. So it's at home. Hank is at the uh, guitar nanny right now. You mm-hmm. know, I keep, I keep Hank in a safe place. I'll bet you do. He's very special. So talk about gear. What do you typically play on the road with a headhunter? Well, on the road, I use vintage Marshall heads. Mm-hmm. I've got a 7,500 watt with two tubes pulled uh, with a Marshall cabinet that I turn sideways and it's baffled to keep the sound man happy, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, it ends up killing some of the uh, guitar techs and yeah. stuff like that. But we, we do have it baffled off. And... Uh, I have a, as far as backup, I have a 1969 metal front Marshall 100 watt. Now, I pull two tubes, two uh, of the, uh, pre, not preamp tubes, but the power tubes, which knocks it down to 50, you know. And um, no pedals. I like pedals. Love to hear guys use pedals. Uh, and there's so many guys that do it really well. Only thing I have on the road is an old crybaby wah-wah. I just use it every now and then to kind of amuse myself. You know, that's about <laughs> it. I, you know, the, the, I, I kid people. I say, well, the only pedal I got is I've got a gas pedal in my van. That's about <laughs> it. But I do have a lot of uh, old Vox Wawas, yeah. and I've got some great pedals by different makers like yeah. Jetter, uh, Analog Man, yeah. and folks like that. Uh, but, but, but there again, uh, with a Les Paul and a good Marshall, man, I'm kind of ch- trying to channel that sound that I That's heard great. on uh, Cream Fillmore, the Fillmore recordings. Yeah. Um, I also have some old Tweed Fender amps, Tweed Champs, Tweed Deluxe amps. I've got some silver, uh, not silver face, but i got three or four black face uh, super reverbs. I've got mm-hmm. a Deluxe reverb, uh, 
uh, Rob Rolux, Reverb. Um, I got a I got a really cool Bandmaster Reverb head. A lot of people told me though those were not a very good head, but I got one that sounds great. Really? Sound, you plug it into a Marshall bottom, it sounds great. Got that. And I've got a um, some old Gibson amps as well. You know. Yeah. So um, at one point you had 150 guitars in your collection. Oh God, I had a bunch. Yeah. 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 So besides what uh, Joe Bonamassa calls your Hank guitar, <laughs> Hank the Plank, right? He named my guitar Hank the Plank. <laughs> Joe's a Joe's a great guy, by the way. So what you know, if you had to pull two or three of your guitars out and just play those for a year, what three would those okay. be? Okay. My three favorites, and I've kind of thought about this, it would be the 58 Les Paul, uh, my 57 Strat. I've got, there's a little story about that, too. If we have time, we'll talk about it. And my 1962 ES-335 has got PAF pickups. Nice. Those are my three favorite guitars. Yeah. Uh, I got some other nice guitars as well, you know. But uh, Well, I'd say so. <laughs> I, I'm very blessed. Now, blessed. That, I'm Hank, blessed. That's all. that yeah. guitar, or do you... Would that be a favorite because of the lineage and who gave it to you, or does it also just sound and play great? It it plays and sounds great, and and I just feel playing. A, I love Strats. I love Tellys. I've had some nice old Tellys, and I love three thirty fives. But really, when I'm at home, and and a Les Paul just feels like it fits mm -hmm. right there. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm just used to it. But yeah, it's a, it's a combination of sound and the way it plays. It plays like butter. Yeah. It doesn't play stiff whatsoever. And mm -hmm. the old PAFs, they're just microphonic enough that they actually add to the sound. Nice. You know, it, it's just beautiful. It's a nice, beautiful. man. So, um, uh, Greg Live is your promo code. Save 25% off of, you can uh -huh. pre-order this course right yeah. now. Yeah. The winner is Stratman Mark. He answered correctly. Stratman the trivia. Mark. That's his username here. Hey there, Stratman. And um, we got some nice love on the thumbs up. And so I get to hear you play a slow blues. What what, oh, it, what yeah. guitar do you want to play it on? We got, we got to go back to the Les Paul. And I'll tell okay. you about the Les Paul. We didn't really... We got to talk about yeah, show them, show them Les Paul. And and we got to talk about this fine, take us out on a fine nice amp too, don't we? We got to talk. Oh, the amp. Yeah, we oh, got to talk about this man. fine. That's right. Fine, fine amp. Um, but Tommy, can you? Um, is there a way to get the amp on the video screen? It just wouldn't be a, a good show if I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cool amp. So tell them who, what the amp is, because there are favorite people on the planet. These guys not only make an incredible, incredible mm -hmm. amp, but they are, you know, there's a lot of good people in this industry. And yes, these are the best of the best, these people to work with. And they have a lot of pride. So tell them about the amplifier first. This amplifier is by the folks at Mesa Boogie. Mesa Boogie. It's called a California Tweed, and I had never encountered one. I've seen them before. Mm -hmm. uh, when I walked into the studio yesterday, I'd never played one, mm -hmm. but uh, you had a Fillmore, mm -hmm. and you had this. And uh, I just felt like what I was going for, more of the blues type thing, that this amp was going to be the one to use. Mm -hmm. Now, 
Tommy could actually expound on this a little bit more, but uh, Tommy's at a 40-watt amp, I believe, maybe? Uh, I think so. It's switchable, though. Yeah, switchable. We're down to 2 watts, right? Is that what we're on right now? That's where we're at. We're, we've got it on 2 watts. Incredible. And I, I know if we crank this thing way up there, oh. <laughs> it'd be beautiful. I mean, it sounds fine you now. You can take that amp anywhere. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's a small good... Small venue, large venues, Yeah, anywhere. it's a great amp. It yeah. really is. Uh, I would think... Now, they would have to correct me on this... But I would think this was kind of modeled after one of the old Tweed Fender amps. It's got a little bit more. It's got a master volume, mm -hmm. you know, that type of thing. But it does have reverb, which, uh, as we say at Nashville, or not Nashville, but <laughs> as we say back home yeah. uh, when we're in the studio, would you turn up the talent? That's, <laughs> that's, rev <laughs> that's reverb. That's good. You know? Uh, I like that. I like a amp, man. I mean, it, uh, we, we don't, it's not overly gain. Yeah. If you want a lot of gain... Uh, it, it would probably do that. To me, it breaks up just right. Yeah. Just right. Um, you know, I'm sure if we cranked it way up there, then the, it would probably get a little, little more gain and everything. Uh, I'd say that Fillmore probably yeah. is more yeah. gained out. Well, you know, what's great about that, I mean, mm -hmm. no one ever, ever complains about a Mesa boogie, number mm -hmm. one. And, you know, when someone comes into the studios, you know, we've got, you know, dozens and dozens of amps mm -hmm. by all the great makers. And so, you know, yep. the fact that this was the first time you plugged into yep. it yep. and we're able to dial in a tone and the tone's mm -hmm. been great throughout the whole course. Well, thank you. I, I think speaks a lot to the quality product that these guys make. And they you want to talk about heart. These guys have heart. Well, I bought my first Mesa. Um, Back in 81, I bought a Mark II B, mm -hmm. saved my money up, sent a down payment in, and they built them by scratch back then, mm -hmm. if you remember. And uh, earlier in the year, I got on a rampage, and I said, I want to find me a, a couple of more old boogies. So I found a Mark I, like Carlos Santana used. Yeah. And I found a, a Mark II like I used to have, you know, way back. And they they have a different thing. They're they're really well made amps, you know. And and they're great blues amps. Uh, you know, when you turn the, the the gain channel up, obviously they're going to be more gained out. But man, uh, what I like about the old boogies as well, the clean channel just crank them up, man. Mm -hmm. and they break up like an old Fender, you know. They're they're neat. Yep. And and these new uh, new new boogies. You know, they they sounds good, man. Oh yeah. I mean, th this we one even right. have one of those little mini boogies. You ever see those, the mini heads? No. Yeah. You, you got if one of those. Just anything they make, you know. And by the way, we're not getting paid to say the things <laughs> that we're saying about this amp. And I bet you there's a, a lot of folks out there that you know also have boogies as one of the amps in their collection. Right. I'm sorry to interrupt you. We're going to show something. Well, I was going to say about this guitar. Go. Um, this is a Gibson Custom Shop CC28, mm. and it is a uh, copy of Ronnie Montrose's old STP really? 59 Burst. Uh -huh. Ronnie was a friend of mine, and he was like a major rock influence back when I was more of a ruck player, you uh -huh. know. I'm a little more, like, laid, more laid back now. Yeah. But uh, I really do love this guitar, it, 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 and it just makes me think of Ronnie a lot of yeah, times. It's you beautiful, know? man. Thank you. What gauge strings do you I use D'Addario 10 through 46. Okay. 10 through 46. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. And did you mod the guitar in any way or right off the shelf? 
it is just like a, it's, it's uh, stock. It's got uh, custom bucker pickups and um, nothing's been done to it. Beautiful. Just change the strings. Out, out of curiosity, have you tried the new Les Pauls that have just come out after the new guy took over? Yeah. Uh, what do you think of those? I think they're great. Yeah. I love the custom shop. I agree. I do. I love, I love custom you know, shop. I, I, I think the, you know, the employees of Gibson, you know, mm -hmm. now are, they feel really good about things. So you know and some of the folks at the custom shop, I assume? Yeah, it's been a hard road for them I know. under, you know, I don't want to get, you know, no, whatever political we're not, we're or anything. Not, we're not but I can tell that. you this. Everyone's raving about the new standards. We went and bought one. Andy Timmons actually picked it out uh, over at Replay in Tampa. They had them. Oh. Uh, Andy Timmons was doing a clinic there after a session here. Picked one out. He loved it. We picked it up. We have it, you know, in our stands now. Um, oh, okay. And I'm thrilled to hear that, you know, the well, folks over there are happy. I, I was at the custom shop... Um, Oh gosh, back in June or sometime back then, and and it's a uh, and I've always I've had a good relationship with the custom shop for a number mm -hmm. of years. They did it. They did a copy of my '58. Mm -hmm. If you look up CC15, Greg yeah. Martin, oh, yeah. you, they made 300 of those. You, you can they're they're not easy to find. I've got a couple of them, but uh, what I noticed at the custom shop now, man, everybody's just so laid back, and um, they seem. When to were be, you there recently? Yeah. 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 I'm telling you, it's a whole new yeah, yeah, vibe, I think and so. I'm thrilled. Absolutely. You know, I have to shout out to David Henriksen, who's also a brand new uh, True Fire artist, one a young player. Hello, buddy. Uh, he's from, uh, we, he's our favorite Swede, we say. He's All right. Sweden. Just a great cat. Plays out of Nashville now. Who's um, he play with? Uh, a bunch of people. He doesn't I mean, play with uh, Kyle Frederick. No, I'm going to introduce you to him because he is a really just, he's a phenomenal player. I know that and, name. And um, he is a great teacher. And young guy, young, young new guy in the scene. I'm, I'm going to set it up. You're going to meet. Oh, him. great. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, man. Let us, you know, I've been trying to get enough thumbs up <laughs> to force you to play the slow blues that I love so much. Uh, play us out. All right, man. We'll just play some blues and we'll do this in honor of Michael Bloomfield, who was a Deal. big hero. Oh, I mean, I can't do Michael, but we too, love him. Of course. Mine yeah. too. And thank, thank you, everybody, for tuning in, supporting, chatting, thumbs ups, everything. We'll see you next time. Okay. See you. <laughs>